my friend Noelle and I figured out pretty early on that we grew up with opposite dreams. I was going to be a stay-at-home mom, and Noelle, she was going to be a career woman. And I, when I say career woman, I mean she was going to have all of the companies and do all of the things. But that didn't really happen for either of us. Now a mom of four, Noelle is going to share how she's learning to reprioritize her dreams and balance being an incredible mom with a really demanding career. This is the non-exclusive podcast. Stories that remind you, you're not the only one. Hosted by Candice and Rebe. Which is better, Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter? Good news is... We have all of them. Find the non-exclusive podcast on your favorite social media place today. Noelle Escovito is literally one of my favorite people in the whole world. She is my best friend, and that's why I'm so excited for her to share some of her story with you. Noelle is a board-certified behavioral analyst, and she currently works as the director of a home for adults with severe behavioral problems. Noelle is also the mom of four, a 12-year-old, a 10-year-old, a 4-year-old, and a 1-year-old, which is pretty, that's a lot of work. She also has an incredible husband who you will also get to hear from. His name is Peter Michael, also known as Petey, and they're going to give you even more insight on what it looks like to balance expectations within marriage and your working career. Noelle's been on a journey just in the last couple of years about some big changes to priorities, career, mom life, and how it's all working for the Escovito family. So here's Noelle kind of talking about what life looks like right now as mom and career woman. While we were recording this, Noelle was home in her living room, and that means there's definitely going to be some background noise, which we kind of love because that's real mom life. Oh, golly, where do I start? I mean, Candace knows how crazy my life is. Um, you know, it's a little nuts. It's a little nuts having two parents having a career. And the kind of person I am is I'm very much like, a, um, I want to do it all. I want to be like the best wife. And I want to be the best mom. And I want to be the best director. And it's it's probably not real life. So, yeah, life right now. So I am working... Um, three days a week, theoretically, 900 hours in three days a week. And, um, you know, it's, it's important to me. I love it because I, it's, it's kind of like, um, it's my contribution. It makes me feel good. It's something that I'm good at. It's mine. And I, I get to just kind of serve and be a blessing and it's outside of the home. So that's really important to me. Um, but it's challenging because, you know, I accepted this super challenging position doing a million things that I have never done before. Um, and so that comes with a, a sacrifice, right? Because it's difficult. I have anxiety. I have to learn things. I'm up all night trying to figure stuff out. And, but the beauty of it guys is that on my days off, they are days off and I get to nurse my baby all day long and I get to be in my pajamas all day long and I get to have a disastrous house and pretend like I can make a dent in it. And, um, and that's important to me, you know? So for me, I don't mind doing the hard work. In fact, I love doing the hard work. It's, it's rigorous, it's challenging, and it's rewarding for me. But when I'm done, when I'm off, I want to be just mommy. And I want to roll into, I want to volunteer at school and I want to drive them a hundred places and I want to sit in traffic and I want to, take a bunch of snacks in my car and 
you know, um, and I want to go run out with Peter Mike and just chill and relax and laugh all day and do, you know, goober stuff and not have to think about being the director. So it's a little nuts because I am like the ultimate multitasker, you know, just before this call is like, right, you got to look like a normal human. Yeah. Okay. And I've like mastered the art of looking decent in like five minutes. Like, hey, that is, hey. that's great. Even for like people with no kids. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, I'm super good at it. And I'm like, okay, oven on ribs are going in. Okay. Okay. There's some sugar there. Okay. Ribs are done. Good. Okay. And then we clear out some space. You carve out a little space. You can sit. And I'm like, so that's kind of what life is like. It's a little nutty and I'm running all the time. And um, even when I'm resting, it's carving out a minute from chaos. And I love every second of it. This is a big deal. Noelle's job is one that is not easy to just leave at the office. So what does she actually do and how did she get there? So just knowing my husband has been the most radical life-changing experience because very early on, he was like, you're going to need to learn how to need someone every now and then. And I was like, yeah, right. Um, so yeah, pre-kids, it was, you know, I'm going to just be a businesswoman. I'm going to develop all these business. And I started my own practice and I piloted, piloted a bunch of programs. And, you know, I was like reviewing the literature to find out the most cutting edge services that I could create and provide and networking and insurances and renting places and, you know, and super excited about doing all that stuff. Um, and yeah, that is drastically changed. Even when, when I had like my first little guys, I was like, oh my gosh, this is fun. This is another challenge. And they were sort of like my favorite accessories, you know? And, um, but man, with these last couple of little guys, so I have four kids, um, ages, what are the ages? One, four, 10, and 12. And gosh, with my last two, God just completely drew my heart home. You guys know a little bit of my story. You know, I went through a period of, of really um, feeling really squeezed and challenged and, and, and not content, feeling like things were just not right. They were, I was feeling that kind of transition. And uh, yeah, fortunately, I knew that when I kind of get that feeling, as painful as it is in the moment, it's usually God closing a door and opening another door, even in, in mindset. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and so part of that is tough because in that process, it was a little bit of um, letting go of my dreams and letting there be space for God to build in some new ones that I didn't have vision for at that time. So, yeah. So in short, you know, here I am wanting to like just change the world and I'm conference speaking and I'm trying to book my schedule to every new thing that I can do and get my hands into and, um, you know, hiring staff and training them up and building curriculums and just whatever. And yeah, just literally in a very short period of time, um, I you know, stopped working for a little while and just started getting super emotional about wanting to be home. I think I've told you guys that one day I was driving, I was doing like a bazillion hours a week and, um, and still after having kids and, and still trying to keep up this crazy schedule. And one of my kids said like, 
he was praying in the back seat and he was like, dear God, please let mommy come home in the daytime. (laughs) Ouch. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, at some point I had to sort of start shifting this idea of, you know, I want to just take on the world and I want to be the best mom because I want to be the best mom and I want to conquer and I want to challenge. And and it just turned into a lot of just dying to self, stripped of all these ideals and thoughts and dreams and, and God kind of getting me in a stingy raw place. Um, and from that place, he started, he started, started just sort of birthing this idea that I just, I want my priority to be priority to be being home and being a mommy. And so at that point, so that was, you know, four years ago or so, that's when God really started going like, okay, we're going to, we're going to create a new picture here and you're going to have to just bear with me. It was gnarly, but it's really <laughs> worth it. Totally worth it. I remember like when I first met you, I actually remember saying to you, like, how do you do all the things that you do? Because it was like, you had a full-time job. Then you had all of the like side hustle stuff that you were doing. Like, Every weekend, I felt like you had some sort of event that you were putting on. I came and, like, helped at a few of them. And, like, P- Peter Michael and King are there. Like, you know, all the nephews and nieces are there. Like, it was, like, literally, like, family affair. And it was family time, but it was very much still, like, go, 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 go. Like, so much. And then on top of that, which it, you haven't talked about this at all, your youth pastor's wife, who still wants to – speak into the youth and do this ministry, which you have a huge heart for. And that's like on top of full-time job, full-time mommy. And I want to have this ministry, you know, and, and be a part of that and be in that just as full-time, which that like, you know, like a hundred and a hundred and a hundred, that's more than a hundred percent, you know? <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. You know, that's hard. Um, again, I really think that you know, I mean, there was a time when I would try to do everything and I, there was a part of me that really loved running like that and just hustling and being busy all the time. But at, at some part it changed and it started to kind of break my heart a little bit. And, um, yeah. And then I, I kind of had to get down to the basics, like what is really important to me? Um, and, and what can I defer for later? I, I think I will probably at some point revisit businesses and open my own practice and go get my PhD and do all that stuff. But um, yeah, it can't be now. You know, I just, I really want to invest in my kids. And it's interesting because my goals have completely changed, you know, and um, I, I try to give the best I can give to work and I want to do a great job and then I want to be off. And I want to have time to do the other things I love to do, like help my husband and pray for the youth. Yeah. And so now I get to do those things and really be present for those things um, in a whole different way. Um, so in some ways, I am more available. And in some ways, I'm not because I'm also giving myself so much grace to say, can't be there. Can't do it this weekend. Guess what? I couldn't last weekend either. And I'm a lot more comfortable with that now, you know? Like, this is me. This is my life. I can't be there for lunch. I know you'd love, you know, I just can't do those things. And um, mom, I'm sorry, I can't be there for that thing. Work, I can't be there for that thing. Um, But it's important to me because I'm able to kind of prioritize giving my best 
for the biggest priority, you know, I mean, my kids, I really want to pour into them and invest into them and instruct them in the ways that they should go. And those are the things that I'm proud of now, you know? I love it. Mostly because I've seen like the journey unfold, you know, like I've gotten like a little insider peek into what it looks like and, and how you have to find that balance and, and as well put up boundaries because I can clearly remember seasons where you and PD didn't have that many boundaries. And I was just like, I'm running with you because I'm full force into the ministry as well. And like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like we can't, how do we, how do we keep going? You know? Cause like what podcast listeners need to know is PD and Noel are like two of the most like driven people in the planet and have dreams of the wazoo of all the things that they want to do. And they'll, I have no doubt in my mind that they're going to make it happen. But all at once, I didn't know how that was going to happen. <laughs> but it's so cool because I think some of them are even happening because of boundaries, you know, because you can give a, a, a enough to make it actually happen, you know? And I can see like so many dreams like starting to, come into place because boundaries have happened and because you're like, oh no, this is the priority, you know, and not trying to do 5 million things at once. For sure. And it's not easy. I mean, it's like the worst thing in the world to be able to, to have to tell someone like, look, I'm, I'm not going to be able to get that done this week. Yeah. And probably not even next week. So, you know, and I do not like not being an overachiever. I don't like disappointing people. I don't like having things incomplete. Um, so it's, it's a wacky time to, to love my schedule and to just be like, Oh, it's, it's every, if you're a mom and you're going to work as well, there's going to be a sacrifice. There's just going to be a sacrifice. And I've learned that I've got to be okay with that. And seriously, like before I would be, when I would try to carve out mommy time, I would be so stressed out because I was constantly thinking about work. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, I get to do this and love doing it and and not feel divided when I'm here. Now, of course, when I'm at work, I have anxiety because I'm so home in my mind. I feel like I am not as good at work, but you know what? That's gonna have to be the that's gonna have to be the sacrifice. board certified behavior analyst and what that means is that we sort of work with um, any person who is uh, has comorbid diagnoses they may have a disability work with kind of all ages all different populations and I, I primarily work with folks who have severe problem behaviors so the idea here is that we kind of take a big huge problem like say someone is incredibly violent they're hitting themselves 500 times a day and the idea is that the behavior analyst is supposed to go in there and identify what the issue is, what are the conditions in which the behavior occurs, when does it not occur, and what are some kind of strategies that we can implement to see a reduction in that problem behavior and give them some kind of skill acquisition targets so that they don't have to hit themselves in the face to get a glass of water and they can just use functional communication to get a glass of water. So let's see, back in the day, I'll throw out there. I've been doing this for about 17 years, something like that. Long time. I started in the field working with kids and then got really excited about the literature and what the research says. And so I started developing programs and 
started my own practice when I was like, I don't know, 25 or so. Um, I had this goal that I wanted to become a conference speaker. So I started just writing papers and um, sending them out to different uh, conferences and workshops and things. And um, yeah, developed a bunch of training protocols and hired staff and anything I sort of did, I wanted to take it to the next level. I took a break in that field and started directing a facility dealing with people struggling with substance abuse worked in compliance laws, regulations, and then my most my current job is I'm a director at a place called Devereaux, and I work with adults with uh, violent behavior in a bunch of different types of, like, a medically fragile home, a behavioral home, a day program, and, and things like that. So that's what I do. Yeah, it's a pretty intense job. Yeah. Super yeah. intense, yes, because I'm constantly thinking of well, for one, there's like major safety issues here. There's there's a lot of risk issues. You know, I have a bunch of staff. For example, I have a um, a new guy who just moved in and is sending people to the ER. And so, you know, one of my guys got headbutted and temporarily lost his vision and his hearing. And so, like, it's oh my gosh. really important to be diligent to know what the literature says is effective and works. And then... Um, to make sure that the data is informing our treatments, because if it's not, there's going to be a lot of people quitting and a lot of, uh, a lot of boo-boos. So yeah. a lot of pressure there, you know, and it's funny because I've always been like this. If, if there is someone who is kind of like oppressed or has some sort of, you know, it's socially awkward or has just major behaviors and it's the kid that nobody wants to deal with because he's, he's cussing people out when you walk in the door my heart just goes pitter patter for those guys because although they're the most severely impacted, they're the ones that are going to make the most incredible progress. You know, they're the guys that their whole lives teachers have been like heavy handed with them or you're just going to chomp right in my ear like that. Did she just say my heart goes pitter patter for those guys? Yes. 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 It was like straight out of a Disney movie. PD. No, it was yes, like a but- Hallmark channel. <laughs> because <laughs> she's talking to me the, she's talking to me more you, she need you right that have those um funny ways that make my heart <gasps> and my it's husband true. by the way i should throw that out there you he was a bad, bad kid kids. yeah yes <laughs> see she Wait. her heart goes pitter patter <laughs> also didn't you have um a kid in your wedding that you yes 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 i love that i'm gonna say i just love that story just because that is such a like i don't know Beautiful story. Yes. He's such a sugar. The ring bearer in my wedding um, has autism. And he was my first little guy that I worked with. Um, well, that I really got involved with. And, and yeah, yeah, he's behind. And so it was hard to not take that sort of thing home with you, you know? Um, yeah. Which makes it more challenging. There can be a lot of fear that comes with change. And speaking for many women in my similar situation, which is married with no kids yet, there's also this fear that happens that surrounds how kids will change your dreams and your family dynamic and, I mean, really all about your life. It is a pretty big change, no matter what your plans are career-wise. So what was it actually like for Noelle when she made that bold choice to make the change that was right for her family? still terrifying 
I'm still bad at setting boundaries. I just know I have to do them for my sanity. Just really scary, you know, because I'm, you're conditioned to be a certain way. And my identity is partially in, in that role in, you know, being an overachiever and working a million hours a week and always being able to say yes and developing the best programs and being able to, you know, it's nuts. And so it was really scary. Um, and God really just, he had to strip me so far. Um, well, I had a baby, so I was on maternity leave. And so that kind of, you know, sort of made it easy to say that, okay, I'm already off. I'm, I'm on maternity leave and there's no way I'm going to be able to juggle this with four kids. There's no way. And so I'm going to take this maternity. I'm going to take these nine months, first of all, and just prepare myself. And by the way, we were having a really hard time at that point. Um, just a really tough time in marriage. And, um, and it was really because I was running myself into the ground. So I'm impatient and I, I need more help and you need it now. And it's, but it had a lot to do with my own decisions and getting myself in that situation. Um, you know, you're not sleeping well. You're not proud of yourself. You're not feeling like you're pouring into your kids. In fact, I'm giving my job the best of me. And then I'm coming home at night and giving my kids the worst of me. And so it was a really hard time. Yeah, I, so I've always kind of been the breadwinner because I don't stop when I should. And, um, you know, I was kind of scared because I had gotten used to that. But the entire time, so here I am working a million hours a week. And what happens for me is that it's, I, I end up not being the best version of myself, like I mentioned. Like, I'm great for my job and I'm killing it and doing all those cool things. And, you know, yay, I've got this cool bio and I produce this really neat video and they're showing it at this conference. And I, honestly, none of that helps me in my real life, right? When my kids are like, dear Lord, please help mommy come home in the daytime. And what I learned about myself is that when I'm strapped and stressed, I get... Um, nitpicky and impatient and and life just feels harder well I think for everyone right and so I was starting to notice like I'm just I'm not having a very positive association with my husband I'm thinking of my husband and honestly I'm thinking he's not relieving me of more work I have to do all this stuff at work I have to work 70 hours a week and then I have to come home and cook and clean and and he does some of that stuff too but he's not great at it so I was like oh my gosh this is all about Peter Michael you're not doing what you need to do to relieve me of all these things I have on my plate and of course as God has it you know when you come back to that quiet place he's always like how's that mirror looking you know is this really about him or is this about the choices that you've made in your life? Um, because would I still feel the same way if I'm not giving 70 hours a week to my job? Probably not. And so, you know, it started with a few simple things. And let me back up here. So part of being a behavior analyst is taking a problem and being able to dissect it down, not being overwhelmed by what's emotional about it or how bad it looks and everything that it's affecting. So it's not about the kid who walks into the room and starts throwing chairs and breaking windows and slashing his wrists. 
It's about, let's see if we can get to the root problem. And maybe there are just some really simple strategies to support that individual that would just knock out a huge portion of this. And then you apply those interventions. For, so for example, I've had this client who would come into the room and throw chairs all over there and everyone would go, ah, so funny. And all, it, all we did is say, what do you want to do? Get out of here? Okay, cool. So when you want to leave the classroom, all you have to do is say, hey, can I go? And we're going to say, yeah, go for it. And so the point is, is that what we learned is that the kid, instead of having all these insane behaviors, all he had to do was get the same need in a really simple way. And then we slowly increased the time he was in class with no, none of this drama. Anyway, in my home life, <coughs> my kids are cooking and it's like crazy in here. Smoking it up. Kingston's cooking. He just dabbed. <laughs> go, King, go. So the point there is that, you know, um, what I'm trained to know that maybe the situation isn't about the situation, right? Maybe everything's feeling really bad. But all I have to do is analyze some of the root causes. And maybe there are just some simple interventions that can relieve me and, and make me feel so much better. So simple thing. I started with, I hired someone to help clean the house. Okay. And I'm getting, I'm telling you this for a reason. That was something that would just stress me out. And, and they just helped me a little bit. It's not like an amazing service. But um, just by that little bit of help, I stopped nitpicking on my husband which was creating such a just tense, volatile, you carry it with you all day long you know, situation. So that little bit of help made me realize <clears throat> it's not him, it's me being stressed out and overworked. So that was my first step at going, wow. I thought my husband was really kind of like, really needed to step in, really needed to do all these things. And now that I have this little bit of help, I, I look at him and I'm just like, you're so gorgeous and you're so wonderful and you're so funny. Holy cow, where was my mind a minute ago? Just stressed. And that's what happens to me is that when I'm stressed out and when I take on too much stuff, I start going, eh, you, you, you did it, you did it. Why isn't everyone making this easier for me? So, so yeah, I think some of those really simple decisions made me go like, I've got this all wrong and I'm, I'm putting effort into the wrong places. Um, and when that person would help me a little bit with the house and then I'd be like, oh my gosh, right. Let's sit down and read this book and let's go on this walk. And you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to get emotional. Um, I get to start saying some yeses to my kids instead of like, oh, I can do that maybe Saturday. I'm running out the door and working. Can't do it now. Maybe daddy can do that. I can actually start going, yeah, let's do that right now. Let's, um, let's go grab ice cream. Let's go, let's practice these things that we've been talking about. Oh my gosh, you're scared in the middle of the night. Come here, let's talk crawl in my bed. Let's pray. Let's, because I'm not like maxed out and, you know, so, so after I just tasted the beauty of just an inch of a better priority, I was in and I knew, okay, there's something scary coming down the pipeline because I'm going to have to really face this and make some decisions. 
But as soon as I tasted that and I saw the looks on their faces and, and saw them smile and I got to experience those things that I would always miss, it was an easy decision. It was an easy decision. And so um, I would just pray. I mean, for me, boy, do I need Jesus with my crazy life, you know? Um, and I, I took those nine months and a trip to Thailand, by the way. Um, we, we went on a missions trip two weeks after we found out I was pregnant to really hash out what's important to me. And you guys know how those things go, right? You go yeah, yeah, to yeah. another country and you're like, who am I? <laughs> <laughs> so good. And it, it has a way of working itself out because you get removed enough from the drama and your strongholds that bind you. In, in behavior analysis, we call it stimulus change. Like it's just confusing enough where you get a clean slate to think clearly for a minute. And had an amazing, I mean, just a bunch of amazing people in my life being like, you can do this. You know, it's going to be better for you. You're going to do it. It's going to be great. It's going to be worth it. Um, so yeah, going on maternity leave and knowing I'm going to have to have this conversation with my job. Guys, I'm not going to be back in six weeks. Guess what? I'm not going to be back in three months. That three months turned into four months. That four months turned into five months. That five months turned into six months. And that six months turned into, I'm not coming back full-time ever. And I was willing to, God had to kind of drag me through a process to say, if I have to go work at Starbucks, that's going to be what I have to do for my family. <clears throat> Kingston said, that'd be awesome. <laughs> Free coffee. Free coffee and $12 an hour, buddy. You bet your yeah. <laughs> And you don't get to do any extracurricular activities. That's right. <laughs> Sorry, Kingston. Okay, he's trying to get a job at Starbucks. You know, and I had to just let God free me from that. And, and just, I think about your shirt all the time, Candace, just free from fear. Like, I have to not be afraid of this conversation. I have to just jump in and know that God's got a plan. And, and I have to stop thinking about it. I just have to stop thinking about it because I'm not going to be able to able to plan out the perfect situation. Um, yeah. And of course, as God has it, you know, when I finally called my job and I said, guys, it's not going to happen. I'm not going to be back full time. I'll come back when my baby's six months old and we'll see what I can do. And um, they were amazing. They, they, in fact, let me keep my directorship. They let me keep my huge office. They let me keep my whole staff and my whole team and said, hey, work from home, do whatever you have to do. And in, in fact, even gave me a little bit of a raise, um, an incentive to say, when you do come back full time, this rate is going to be more than you've ever made in your life. Tricky, right? Super tricky. And I was like, ooh. And I tell you what, to this day, so I've been back for a year. Well, no, I've been back for seven, eight months or so. I still, like every other week, ask Peter Mike, honey, we could just be making a little bit more money. Should I just do a few more hours? And he always tells me, no, don't offer one more hour 
not one more day. Don't don't take any more money because I'm the kind of person that I need to have the consequence that if I'm going to pull an all-nighter, it's coming out of my own pocket to deter me from doing that. Do you hear what I'm saying? Because I can ask them, I can say, hey, I'm ready to do more hours. And they'd be like, cool, yes. And then I'd be sucked back in. So it's a constant struggle for me. Constant feeling of inadequacy. Constant feeling like a little bit of a lot of anxiety. But um, but when I'm off, I'm off. And my kids are reading Clarice Fluet books. Candace, do you remember Clarice Fluet? You mean the lady who talks about heaven? The lady, not that one. There's another one. Okay. <laughs> my kids, they get 15 to 20 bucks for every self-improvement book they read. Mm. And then we went to a conference and I made them sit in the front row. And it was this amazing um speaker talking about like how she built up this amazing life and then she had a dream of god saying i don't know you i didn't ask for all this sell it all and how she had to anyway the point is such a beautiful moment for my kids to be in the front row and understand like you have to really give your heart to god blah 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 blah. the point is then we got a bunch of books in the back thus started their reading And it's the stuff that I, this is what I want to do. I want to help my guys with, one of my guys has, you know, like nightmares all night long and teaching them how to have victory over that and have victory over your emotions and put your flesh down and take your thoughts captive. And what scriptures are we reading this week? And what are we journaling? What did the book say about that? What are we like talking about it and practicing? I I never had the mind space to dig into that. Like I, I would do it for work but now I get to do it for home. And I tell you what, guys, it has literally been since the day that I made that decision, I don't think I've ever returned to that place maritally of being that finger pointing and feeling like I somehow put the burden of my happiness onto my husband. And it was really about some stupid decisions I was making. It had, it had very little to do with him. So marriage now, it's, it's interesting because, um, you know, so many things are not perfect. And I think that's one of the biggest lessons that God has taught me is be comfortable with the imperfect. You know, anxiety at work, you're never doing the perfect job. You got to be comfortable with the imperfect. It's not your dream. Oh, I never got to open that business. We got a different dream we're working on right now. And maybe we'll cycle back around to that. But um, it, it's just really fascinating that, you know, although marriage is imperfect and we still haven't worked out so many of those things, it's so perfectly imperfect. And it feels right. Like now we can work on those things. Like if I need him to do a little more of this or me a little less of this, it's a safe place where we get to love each other through that imperfection and work with each other and be on the same side and And it's not that, you know, when you max yourself out and when you, when your life is out of balance, even when you think you're, you're achieving a dream, there's a, there, when times it's like good, when times are good, but when times are rough, you get this aroma of like accusation and stress and anxiety. And, and I started, I just realized now looking back that 
it was just all out of line. I was chasing the wrong thing. And I should really trust God when he says like, I know the plans I have for you and they're better than yours. Noelle's story is amazing, but we know it can be harder than it looks. There are moms who are struggling and moms who aren't in a financial spot to go part-time right now. There are single moms who are trying to hold down the four alone. There are so many ways that this mom life can look, and it's easy to look at Noelle and think she doesn't understand, but that's anything but true. You know, keep in mind that I was in that, not the single mom situation, but I was in that had to work and um, for a very long time, you know, I was the one like going and, and getting my degree and developing my career. And then Peter Mike was standing by just supporting me. And so my thing was kind of like the first thing to get launched. And then of course I'm like, I have to work so hard, you know, totally dumb. Um, but the point is that I definitely found myself in that situation where I had to make that income and felt like it was not an option for a long time because he hadn't gotten to his kind of career stuff yet. Uh, so I was in that situation. I still am in some ways. Um, you know, uh, I'm, yeah, I still am in some ways. I'm kind of stuck with these high pressure jobs because I don't think we could afford another situation yet. So yeah, it's hard. And oh my gosh, I just feel for those moms out there who don't have a choice and are, are struggling and, and, and especially single moms. Some of my best friends are kicking butt, raising their families. And I'm going like, how? Um, with no help, with no babysitters. So I definitely feel for those moms. And, and I would say one thing that I've learned from my experience is even though you may not, people say me time, right? You may not have the time for like some tremendous amount of me time. I cannot tell you the last time I plucked with these eyebrows, okay? Or shaved my legs or like did something. I mean, like, doesn't that sound like Peter Mike chimed in with what eyebrows? <laughs> I got some super Japanese eyebrows. Um, so, and like, that's a luxury, right? To like sit in the shower and enjoy a nice shower. Okay, the point is, the reality is that working moms probably don't have the time to do any of the real leisure stuff. But I would say, mommies, you got to carve out something that makes you happy. So if it's binging on This Is Us, you got you to gotta do that. You got to carve it in. If it's doing your nails, if it's whatever it is, if you like to cook, try to carve out. Even if you can't do it consistently, give yourself credit and, and give yourself credit for doing it even once for 15 minutes, even five minutes. So like Candace knows my struggle with, with always being like, I want to exercise. I want to go out and exercise. And I have to be careful to not give myself a goal that I can't reach. Like I'm going to do it three times a week, every week, because I'm going to fail. But I, I want to give myself credit for going, you know what? You've got five minutes. Go just walk for five minutes. It's not pointless. Go walk for five minutes, clear your mind, and then come back and honor that and say, Use that behavior momentum to say, I did it once this week. Dope. 
maybe I could do it twice next week for seven minutes. That sounds dumb, but honestly, when you're as maxed out as I have been, that's gold. And that's really, really critical. And for me, I love getting my makeup done and, and feeling like I'm ready for the day. And so like people will go, oh my gosh, how do you have time to do that? It's a value. It's important to me because it makes me feel good about me. Um, and I'm sacrificing, I've got a disastrous house while I'm putting my makeup on. It's like, I'm sacrificing something. But I would say grace, mommies. Give yourself grace and, um, and give yourself a pat on the back for when you can pull yourself away for those five minutes. Because maybe next week you can do it for 10. And maybe by the end of the month, you'll get an hour in. And maybe my next month, you'll be doing a couple times a week. You know, so I think it's important to do something that makes you happy. Also, you got to notice your red flags. You have to, you have to have, you have to be aware of yourself. I know for me that when I start getting nitpicky, I already have to peel myself all the way back and spend some time with Jesus and figure it out. Um, also, when I start getting real rushy, I'm slamming things around, I'm making a mess, my thoughts are scattered, I'm not completing every, anything. That's another one of my red flags. I have to, I'm aware of what my body's doing, I'm aware that it's unproductive, and it sends me down a spiral of, I'm so tired, I'm so maxed out, nobody's gonna help me, I can't do anything right. And I have to just kind of have my own self-control plan. What do I do when I start having these kind of precursor behaviors that send me in a not so good train of thought? Um, yeah, and treat yourself and, and know you're worth it. Like sometimes I have to go, oh my gosh, I have no time right now to take this walk or to read this scripture or to take a nice shower. And I have to say it almost out loud to myself, you are choosing to give someone else what they need who is not going to care in the long run. And you are saying, I will sacrifice my own personal well-being because you are more valuable work. I have to almost say that to myself so I can realize how dumb it is because they're not more valuable than my own health. They're not more valuable than my kids. So when I'm making that decision and I'm staying up all night long, I have to tell myself I'm making a choice to say, work, you're more valuable right now. So that I can, it can almost be unsettling for me and I can kind of curb and not make that choice as frequently. And so now that I got a better balance and I am almost never stressed out like that, I can't remember the last time I've had that finger pointing situation or when I've been impatient with my kids. Um, when I feel like work needs me to just dig in and pour in some real heavy time, I'm okay with it because everything else has the right balance. Noelle is grateful not to be alone in this, and that means she's part of a team. Her husband, PD, joined the call, and we're so glad he did. His wisdom on teamwork and perspective is so helpful for anyone, whether you're a mom or not. Part of what makes it work too is that, that you're a team. 
And I know that like PD's youth pastor and Candace just said he got, he was doing like real estate license and awesome job, PD. That's great. Oh yeah. He teaches dance. <laughs> and you teach dance. Yeah. I know you're a dancer, but I do know that like you have some flexibility while your job, Noel, might be, okay, I have to clock these hours. And so I don't know, to me, I'm seeing like, okay, so actually, I think there's some really good teamwork going on behind the scenes with even how their jobs work. Can you speak to that at all? And the um, interesting thing is, is that when life is out of balance, I mean, there were times where, and it's nothing in particular, like when I was just really stressed out and maxed out, and then I'm putting a burden on him, I need more help, blah, blah, blah. There was such a heaviness going on at that time. And you can't even point to anything in particular. And, and also the enemy gets in there and, and does his little hoopla, but you start kind of feeling like there's a problem here. And there were literally times where I would be praying where I would go like, wow, God, I can see how someone's relationship can just unravel for nothing. And, and then you what, get a divorce over laundry? Or you get a divorce and you think, oh my gosh, you made me work so hard when I picked this career. Like there was literally a time where I, where I was looking at our situation going, this is what happened with so-and-so. Things got out of whack and you couldn't, you didn't catch it. And before you knew it, you just can't even see each other through the eyes of faith anymore. So yeah, that's what I was going to say. So team. Go team, go. You want me to follow that? Yeah. Uh, well, I'm amazing. And, uh, now, I, uh, it's flexibility to me is like super so important on everyone's end to go. <clears throat> if this is the career that you're choosing as husband or wife, the, the, the opposite side is going okay, let me be flexible and let me figure out something that complements you and um, not to necessarily go, well, you have this career and I have that career and I hope it works out. You know, I hope our two careers can work out. Uh, rather than that, I think it's important to just say, you know, what can we do to make this work? Every time we have a child, we're done. But every time we have a child, Noel gets a little more like the desire increases for her to be home. Um, and so knowing that you're allowed to change, you know, I think it's really important That's to know a really good point. that yeah. you're allowed to be whoever you are right now. And then two years from now, you're like, you know what? I'm not really into this career anymore but I've already spent two years and I've already gained a momentum here. So I should just keep going. No, if you're going to change, then change, you know, and then that communication with your partner to be able to say, I don't think I want to stay in this direction. And right. that person goes, okay, then what do we do? How do we figure it out um, that we can move together, that we can function together. So I know that Noel in the beginning is a conqueror and more than a conqueror. And she's like, I'll just, I wanna take over and I wanna do huge things um, as far as in her industry and her field and it's awesome. And then like progressively over the years, it's like, I, I have these large ideas that I still want in my, in my career, but then I want to have these large points at home as well. I want 
large reference points in my family that I can heavily invest into. And so there were regular conversations where we go, well, how do we, how does that work? You know, and some of it is discovery. So some of it, there's not a direct answer to go, how does that work? And, and guys, just so you know, your wife might not have the answer right away. I don't know. I just want both. Okay. Well then in the midst of wanting both, I'll be flexible. I'll be available and I'll figure it out, you know? And even now, like I heard you guys talking a little bit before about um, Noelle coming to the place where she's, you know, working less and that transition has changed us into like, well, what does it look like in the next couple of years for you to start working less, for you to invest more time into what you want, which is, which is family. And it looks like, well, of these 75 careers I have, uh, maybe not all of them are bringing in enough finance. So let's put some of those things down and let's focus on things that are going to um, allow you to function. And I don't think everything has to be 100% sacrifice. So, you know, if I'm allergic to cats, I don't think I should be a cat wrangler or whatever, you know, just to pay bills. <laughs> oh, I got to do it, you know, but um, at the same time, can you go into an area where, oh, maybe that's not something I was going to focus on right now, but this is something that I can do so that the the two of us are winning. Teamwork is just like, it makes the dream work. That's the saying. Yeah. Yeah. And we do not have the perfect system. Like we're transitioning right now, like crazy. He's doing, he's, he has like 19 jobs. I've got my job that sometimes needs me to stay till midnight, you know, only three days a week though. Um, And yeah, I mean, just having flexibility to just know that this is just a stepping stone it's going to be sorted out and it's a little messy. I mean, we're just constantly just apologizing to all of our family members. Like, can anyone babysit tomorrow? Oh my gosh. Peter Mike has to be out late. I got to be out late. I'll also add um, the, it, this is, I guess, part of flexibility um, and whatever your expectations are being able to put your expectations down. Uh, just because you expect something doesn't make it law doesn't make it that you have to, oh, well, I was expecting it to be this, so it has to be that. You know, I was expecting whatever, whatever it is, um, whether you're, it's part of the career side or the at-home side, um, I think your expectations should be remembered that those are flexible. Um, and, and so if that looks like, I think Noel mentioned this a little bit ago, like, oh, I just need to do my makeup because it makes me feel good. But at the cost of, I'm not going to spend the time making sure the house is clean or whatever it is, you know, like, man, I had an expectation that the house is going to be clean today. But if I clean the house and I do this and I do that and I do that, I think I'm going to lose my mind. Okay, right. so. For sure. So whatever, just have those moments where you go, I know. I know that the house wasn't clean. I'm okay with that. I know that, you know, oh man, we should have made dinner. That would have been the better thing to do. That would have saved us money, blah, blah. I don't have time for this. You want to just go get something to eat? You know what I mean? Like I know what it is to be on a budget and to, and to care about finance and stuff like that. All of that is still 
in there in life, but sometimes your expectations, most times your expectations are not met anyway. So having that, that mindset that says it's okay for expectations to not be met. Yeah. Yes. And, um, you know, find, really look at the problem and find creative solutions for, for problems. Like if you, if you're a family where you're just, um, you're really busy or there is not the balance there, there can be some really creative solutions to making life easier. Find out what is stressing you out and, and what can you do about it? What are the proactive interventions that you can apply to, you know what I'm saying? Because what, what is the problem and what is the root cause and what can we do about it? Because even if you're a single mom and you're going like, oh my God, this is so crazy. I have to cook, I have to clean. There's probably some really simple things. Is there a meal prep thing? Is there something the kids can be doing with chores? Is there, there are some creative things that can not make you feel like you're losing it. And as simple as sometimes it's take the five minutes, don't do the dishes, do your makeup. And that will make you feel like a million bucks and that can help. Or maybe it's the opposite. Maybe you don't do your makeup and you need to get to those dishes. You know, like sometimes it's not being overwhelmed with the lack of balance but carve out some simple, some creative solutions and work towards change. It doesn't have to be changed overnight. It's okay for things to be imperfect. What is that balance? And, and get there slowly. This will apply to women who are working. It really can't, it does apply to everyone, but I think it's important because the culture that we live in, we've come a long way and we have a long way to go um, in regards to respecting, appreciating, and, and allowing women to thrive in whatever industry. But what ends up happening is the pendulum sometimes swings so far the other way um, that it can be easy for women to put a huge identity in what it is that they do totally. and, and their need to prove that their worth and their value is in, that they are good at something or that they are worth it, they are valuable. And so I would say, um, just like I would tell anybody, but I think it's just valuable in this season for women that your identity is not in what you do, that your identity is in Christ. And that means that you have to spend that time with Christ to really understand what it is that he's speaking over you. And so no matter what you do uh, or do not do, if you work at Chick-fil-A, are there Chick-fil-A's in Tennessee? Oh, so many. I was going to say, it's like a Christian it's hub delicious. out there. There's got to be a Chick-fil-A. Uh, <laughs> I forgot there's ribs in the oven. I took them out. Okay. <laughs> teamwork. That, teamwork. that dream work. But if you work at Chick-fil-A, if you work at the gas station, it doesn't matter because that's not your identity. You are Your identity is in Christ, so it allows you to function going – if I change my mind on, on what I'm doing today, on the direction I'm going for employment, then that's okay. It doesn't affect my identity. It doesn't mean I'm less of a person so because good. I don't make as much money or I don't have a job that, that looks like I can take over the world. That was a huge part of, of me being able to make the decision to go part-time. And a challenge that I still face is... I get overwhelmed with anxiety going like, oh my gosh, I couldn't be there. I couldn't finish that thing. I would have to work seven days a week. To, I'm not going to be able to do it. 
And almost every day, to be honest with you, I have to center myself, renew my mind, and realize not only is it 100% okay for me to be completely weak and let God be strong, but also that there are a million things. There's a whole different assignment that he has for me today. And it's not about getting the report in on time. And it's not about making the most incredible modules. It's just about going, loving on people, being authentic, being able to be with my husband and with my kids. Like there are other more important assignments for your day. So don't be derailed. Thank you, babe. You can put that on the table. Um, Don't be derailed by the deficits and the imbalance and all the imperfections. You know, I would love for women to know that, yeah, you have a a greater assignment today and it's going to be one that you're great at and one that you're going to find a lot of strength and um, refreshing in if you can silence all the accusation and all the voices about everything not going right, your dreams not being met, it's so burdensome, it's being hard and silence all that and really find out what what God has for you today because it's going to be good. It's going to be good. So moms, or really anyone that's faced with a shift in priorities or a big life change that's more challenging than expected, take a tip from Noelle. She started by stepping back and looking at what her priorities truly were. Then be honest. What's the root cause of this problem? And what are some steps you can actually take right now to make those priorities number one? And then let go of those expectations. Motherhood, marriage, your career, it may not look like you expected, but it doesn't make it any less good. And then Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28.